Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me here, as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy, sorry guys, but he's repping some Star Wars Sessions merch, it's Luke Bly, Master Blywalker, how are you sir? Oi, oi, Savaloy! Yes, mate, not bad, not bad. It's been a bit of a spicy, uh, spicy week. We obviously last week we didn't put out a main show, did we? We just no. put out the live show, Super Star Wars Night recording, which was awesome. It's it feels so like fun. we've not sat down and done this in ages. Whenever we miss a week or we're on holiday or we do that sneaky thing where we record an episode and put it out, you know, Ooh. you know when we do that. The listeners might not know, but we do that when we have our little holidays. Yeah, this might even be one of those. This might even be one of those. Who knows? Who knows? Exactly. Um, Matty boy, I am very well. How are you, sir? You good, mate? You ready to talk some wars? Always ready to talk the wars, mate. I uh, made a little pit stop today. Here we go. For those listening in audio, here's one for the video. Look Look at that, mate. Yes, I went to Greg's today, so I am fueled up. I am tanked up on Greg's, which is something I promised myself I'd cut out, but haven't been able to do it. We've still got about eight pounds left on our voucher, mate. But yeah, no, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing well, mate. Can't complain, won't complain. I will complain. I've seen two films this week and they've both been bum and I haven't liked either of them. And I've seen about 10 in a row now, which I haven't liked. So I'm really for, I have, yeah, I watched uh, 3000 years of longing and the joke being, I, I felt it felt like 3000 years of longing to get out of the cinema Oh. And I watched a film called Fool, and during it, I almost fall asleep. Uh, so I'm oh, hoping like that, that we get a better slate coming up, and obviously, and or in the next few weeks, which is certainly going to be something to look forward to. But um, no, again, I'm not going to complain, because that's not what we do on sessions. And if we do, we do it responsibly. But I want to know, how are you doing, my friend? How has your day, week, and weekend been? Oh, it's been great. It's been great. And I've been uh, I've been really soaking up the Star Wars material ahead of this week's episode. You know, you you said about naff films, average films. Well, this week <laughs> we are looking into a very 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 special Star Wars film and I I really can't wait to talk about it uh, and dive into it more. Um but talking of special things, we got a message, didn't we mate, boy, mm-hmm. from a very special someone, uh Jimmy the Tank Adams, who came to our Super Star Wars night uh the other week all the way from Kansas. He sent us a message and we thought we'd play it on the show. Isn't that right, Matt? Speaking of getting tanked up, Have a listen to this, guys. (laughs) Matt and Luke, it's Jimmy from London. Nope, Jimmy from Kansas. Where do I even start? I need to thank you both for this community that you have built, this worldwide community. It's truly a special podcast, and you two have worked so hard to involve the listeners and to make us into a family. I really need to thank Johnny O and his wife, Deborah, for opening their home to me for a few days. We had never met until Friday, and it was like we had known each other for years. That is because of this podcast. It showed me an amazing time and made sure I was well looked after. 
Then I need to thank Alex Jessup for not punching me, for cooking me a traditional Sunday roast, and just teaching me about woking. It felt like I was leaving a brother when he dropped me off at the airport today. The Star Wars night was so amazing, meeting people from all over and just sharing stories and enjoying the Empire. I can't wait to enjoy more first for the podcast with these incredible hosts and listeners. I want to thank Double D for being so dang handsome. I need to thank the King of Wales for being the coolest of the cool. The Medalorian for quite possibly being the nicest human in the world. I could go on for an hour like this, thanking everyone. So just thanks to everyone that introduced themselves to me and shared in the moment this weekend. Thank you all so much. My advice to any of the listeners would be to join the Discord and join the family. Don't worry. Just like Papa Palps, somehow I'll return. <laughs> what a, well, there's a lot of people who are going to have very big heads after listening to that one. Thank, thank you so, 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 so much for sending that after... After everything you did to just just to get to the Super Star Wars night and the effort it took, plus the Gregs you had in between, to then send such a lovely message was um, a surprise, to be sure, but a very, very welcome one, mate. Thank you so much for that. Wasn't that lovely, mate? That was beautiful, mate. That was absolutely beautiful. We love you, Jimmy, and we love all of yours that turned up to the Super Star Wars night. And yeah, mate, I know Jimmy's coming back for Star Wars Celebration next year in London. Come on, it's pretty much his home now, or at least his second home. Uh, Thank you so much for that, Jimmy Adams. You legend. Uh, and thanks again to everyone who came. It was sick. We love yous. We love you all on the Discord. It's good fun. Uh, Pubcasts, mate, on the Patreon. That has dropped. And we talk some filth in that, don't we, mate? We love a pubcast. Uh, yes, we were speaking about uh, John Boyega's recent comments. Uh, Mando oh, yeah. Redemption in Season 3, a bit of Ryan Johnson, and Hans Blaster as well. If you, if you don't know what a pubcast is, firstly, it's great. Get on the train. It's, it's basically another main show per month, but it, without without all the um, without all the hoopla surrounding it, it's just two lads. Sometimes in a pub, we certainly hope to be just loosey goosey <laughs> chatting about the stuff we don't talk about on the main show, and um, that's where we air our controversial hot takes, guys. And that's where you hear X-rated Luke Bly. Uh, well, maybe not <laughs> some of those, but no. Pubcast was really good. If you want to listen, you can do. Where are the pubcast found, mates? patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions and you can sign up to our patreon for two dollars a month which is a ridiculous deal ridiculous deal so please consider that if you can what else is happening in the galaxy matty boy (laughs) in the galaxy my friend well that's all the news coming out of sessions hq other than we're tired today but we're ready to have a hell of an evening the galactic bong is chiming. I can hear it. Oh. It must mean one thing, my friend. It must mean it's the galactic news round. Big Bang Kenobi. During an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Diego Luna stated Andor is going to challenge everything you think you know about Rogue One. Donald Gleeson has said he would love to return as General Hux, but added, I don't see them making the call. I'm not sure anybody's clamouring for a Hux sequel or prequel. But yeah, of course, those movies are amazing. Speaking on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, John Boyega has praised Colin Trevorrow's Duel of the Fates concept, but refuses to read the leaked script, saying, I'd be heartbroken. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
Giancarlo Esposito has expressed interest in appearing in Ubisoft Massive's upcoming open-world Star Wars video game as Moff Gideon. And Ryan Johnson has stated in an interview with Empire Magazine that he's even more proud of The Last Jedi than he was at release and that his previously announced trilogy is still in development. Hi, this is Misty Roses. I am the performance artist for Queel and Frog Lady in The Mandalorian. And you are listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Luke Bly at the top of this episode said we're talking about one hell of a film this week, and he would be right. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about The Last Jedi, which, of course, has an epic throne room fight in it. But tonight, we wanted to take it back to the OG, the OT, in fact, and talk about Return of the Jedi and really kind of dive into the throne room scene, the climactic duel of Return of the Jedi. So we're eschewing the space battles and the ground battles, and we're just talking about what happened in the Emperor's throne room in Return of the Jedi. At the time, my friend, it was the finale, you know, the final major set piece of Star Wars. It's since been recontextualized with the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy. So it's going to be interesting to look at it with, you know, OT eyes only, but also kind of how have those other films affected it positively and negatively. But everyone listening knows, and those who are new to the show, you're going to find out that Return of the Jedi is Luke's feel good film of the summer. He loves this film. I'll leave that for you to explain, but. This throne room fight, mate, and with a scene, it's not even a fight, the scene. Mm. Tell me about it. How much do you love it? Well, first and foremost, mate, boy, Return of the Jedi is the feel-good film of the year. Every year. <laughs> That's it. That's sorry. what that film is. That's what that <laughs> film is. For me, mate, the ending of Return of the Jedi, but but particularly the scene uh, from the throne room, um, I think it's like perfect cinema for me. For me, I think it's absolutely beautiful, uh, emotional, deep, meaningful, everything, everything about it. And do you know what? It's one of those scenes, the more I watch it, I feel like I learn something new or I notice something new every time. And also, as I get older, I think I prefer this scene. Yeah. As I get older, I'm like, yeah, this... This is some special stuff. So, mate, I'm absolutely buzzing to get stuck into this. I assume you're a fan. Or you? No, you're not. Are you? You, you yeah. hate this. Yeah. It's fine. No, it's how, fine. how can you not, mate? How can you not? Uh, rewatching this for the episode and just in general, I'm, I'm with you, my friend, as I am usually with most things, but genuinely I am with you. The more you watch this scene, the more powerful it gets. And that's not thinking about sequels or prequels just as a part of this contained trilogy what a scene and what a special scene and it is some of the best cinema whether it's the the music that accompanies the scene the dialogue you know in the star wars film great dialogue the performances mm. the emotion that is um on screen the stakes what i what i want to say to start with is richard markwand old ricky marks he gets a he gets a rough hand when it comes to this film the cast and crew don't didn't seem to like him. Of course, he's not with us anymore, so there won't be any mm. bashing on the show. But 
Uh, the cast and crew didn't seem to respect him. It would seem that George Lucas is credited as the ghost director of this film. But, you know, whatever the case, Richard Marquand was the director of this film and what a job he did with this throne room, bringing all of those aspects together and make giving us this scene. Yes, the editing helped, the cinematography and John Williams. Richard Marquand was the director, so I just wanted to shout out old Richard Marquand before we got going because, again, he this is his film regardless of what the cast and the crew and anyone says. Yeah, the old, uh, the old Richard, mate. Very controversial in Star Wars, yep. so I hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he gun. is. But, but, you know, like you said, with, with the film, I think it just delivers. I think it yeah. really, really delivers. And uh, let's see why. Let's see why it lands. Because I think if this scene were different, this film wouldn't land and potentially the original trilogy doesn't land. By now you must know your father can never be turned from the dark side. So will it be with you. You're wrong. Soon I'll be dead. And you with me. (laughs) Perhaps you'll refer to the imminent attack on your rebel fleet. Yes. I assure you, we are quite safe from your friends here. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith in your friends is yours. It is pointless to resist, my son. Your faith in your friends is yours. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do a palp shuckle. Just starting it, mate. Do you not? Are you not getting the chills? I know, I know. You, you can see where things are going. Like, I'm trying to imagine seeing this for the first time, but I can't yes. lie. I, I, I don't remember seeing this for the first time. It's one of those things that's just always been in my life. Yes, yeah, same you know? here. Yeah, is that right with you? And it, same it's, here. Um, yeah. I can't imagine what it would have been like, you know. And before Return of the Jedi was released, people were saying, "Oh man, yeah, I hope Luke." kills vader i hope mm-hmm. he slays yep. him i hope he destroys him and you can feel there's a lot of uh almost ambiguity in this in this part of the scene you, you yes. don't really know where it's gonna go you know luke's what what's he doing is he trying to be a pacifist is he resisting is he but the person who seems to be in control is palpatine no oh, yeah. doubt the only person in that room at that time is Palpatine. That that that's it. Everyone else is like a footnote. They're not that important. Luke's trying. Maybe even Vader and Anakin deep down are like, man, what's going on? You know what's what's actually going to happen here? But Palpatine's the guy. He's the guy, right? Yeah. Oh, Palps is he's doing what Palps does. He's playing the chess pieces. But looking at it from those OT eyes. He still is, you know, regardless of the the prequels and their machinations, just from the OT, we'd heard about the Empire in A New Hope. We saw him in The Empire Strikes Back as this big glowing hologram head talking to Vader. You know, Vader was bowing down to this guy. And then we finally meet him in Return of the Jedi. And like you say, he's he is in control. You know, Vader or Luke swaggers in there. You've got the Imperial March playing. Vader brings Luke in. Luke might think he is in control or he has the confidence 
of you know to control this the whole time Palpatine mm-hmm. is in control you know the way yeah. the way he is saying the way he's just chuckling when Luke says it he's the way he's just laughing at him and even Vader's like it's pointless to resist I know this guy he has tormented me he's owned me for 30 odd years or whatever it is by this time uh yeah 25 years uh, and and during it this moment and the rest of the scene Vader's just keeps looking at luke during it the you know you mentioned um you know a bit of anakin in there as well obviously before this he's on the bridge on endor and we think hmm, what's he you know what's vader thinking but he just keeps looking at luke part of me thinks it's like he's like bro shut up this is the emperor you know show some respect um mm. but the other mm. point it's almost like he's like no, this you know this is my this is my son and he calls him like son like it's pointless to resist son my son now he's looking at him and he sees something in this, you know, that, f- that familial Skywalker bond, the, that mighty blood, you know, it's starting to speak to each other. And this, and, and this is the first time we really see now the emperor in, you know, in his full guise. We see him you know, waddling out of the ship at the beginning. We see him sitting down in this chair during it. But now you'd be forgiven for thinking in 1983 that this was going to be Luke Skywalker versus palpatine and maybe even vader you're going to get a two-on-one fight or something and uh you wouldn't be wrong for thinking that but how it turned out was far better for me yes yes mate and i I love the point you just made about vader's like looking at luke every few minutes to say it's almost Mm. like he's saying mate what you what are you doing what are you doing (laughs) like he, he almost can't believe luke's like going on and like, nah, you know, he's kind of doubting Palps. And although Palps is still the guy who's controlling the room, I think Vader almost looks at Luke with disbelief. And he, he's thinking, man, like, this is my kid. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. just, he's, he's like me if I just stayed with the light side. And well, you're right. It's, it's, me. It's, a, <laughs> yeah, it's a small detail that could easily... Mm-hmm easily be overlooked um and even you know the uh luke says a truth you know your overconfidence is your weakness yeah uh, papa perhaps is like your faith in your friends is yours well the line and it's it's just that instant reaction from palpatine yeah and he is he he's being told you're being overconfident his reply is more confidence right yeah the yeah yeah. the the irony being the irony being down in endor Papa Paps has got his, what is it, like, uh, he's, he's, um, best, best legion. His best legion. <laughs> and they're being done over by the Ewoks. Again, it's overconfidence, isn't it? It's like, yeah, mate, he, he you don't know, think what, anyone can topple him. You should have kept the clone troopers, mate. <laughs> should have kept the yeah, clones. They, they would have, they, they would have smashed those Ewoks up into paste. Of course they would. Of course they would. So there's that. And I, I that was, there are all these tiny details that you can just kind of pick out of this stuff. And uh, what a way to open up this scene and this discussion, mate, this discussion too. It's always good to open with a bit of palps and, Oh, I'm afraid the deflector will be quite <laughs> operational when your friends arrive. Your fleet is lost and your friends on the indoor moon will not survive. There is no escape, my young apprentice. The Alliance will die, as will your friends. 
defenseless. Take your weapon. Strike me down with all of your hatred, and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. Mate. Yes, it starts Mate. so matter of fact. You know, the re- the rebellion will die. Ian McDermott in this scene, he's mm. known for hamming things up. But I actually think in this particular s- entire scene, he is. There is no ham necessarily. There is a few bits, but in these moments, it's so matter of fact. It's you know, the rebellion will die. You know, your your friends down there are doomed. Basically, I love it. It's just this is what's going to happen face it my young apprentice and then his voice it just dims and he starts almost whispering good uh, and you're like you want oh. this you know you want this weapon strike me down i'm defenseless he's he's seduced that is the all manner of seducing someone like you know you want to do this take the weapon you know i'm unarmed you know kill me and then obviously at the end we hear the lightsabers clashing but it's that evil seduction isn't it my friend which is the first time we really see it and ian mcdermott just let off the leash and boy isn't it satisfying but it's so powerful emotionally for the stakes of the scene yes it really is it really is and what goes along so well with that emotion is the music the music in this is so it's haunting isn't it it's really really haunting yes and along with papa palps's monologue and luke's kind of feelings his facial expression you just think oh my days what's going again i i envy people who remember seeing this for the first time a little bit because you'd be thinking this isn't going the way i thought it was you know i thought luke could be in there (laughs) saving the day chopping down fools and that it's not that it's not that um, this isn't the end uh, to Mandalorian season two. This is completely different, <laughs> completely different context. And it should be like this. Like you said earlier, mate, it feels rightly so. Like there's a lot of steak bakes. There's a lot of steak oh, yes. in the room. There's a lot of steak. There's a, there's a lot at stake in this scene. And man, I... I absolutely love it. I love it. And then at the end, Luke lashes out. He can't, he can't help it because Luke isn't perfect and he isn't the perfect good guy. Luke has never been that. Uh, And when people are like, no, he's the world's biggest optimist. Well, in some ways he's an optimist. In (laughs) other ways, he's, he's very, very grounded and really real. He's you and I. He's meant to be the average person, the average Joe. And in this scene, that's what ultimately happens. You know, Luke loses his temper and goes to smash Palpatine over the face with his lightsaber. <laughs> and then cleaving dad, it off. His dad stops that from happening. And yeah. even then, you're like, oh, is this... What's going on here? Why is Vader? Vader's so he's so blindly loyal that it's almost yeah. like a, it's a reaction. You know, he he. It's like someone's just touched his eye and he reacts like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, mate. Mm. It's 
you're, you're spot on in terms of how Luke is the relatable one. When when Palps is saying, you know, the, the hate is swelling in you now, because he's just being told your friends and their valiant fight on the on Endor it means nothing because I'm going to squash them like bugs. You, like your father, are now mine, which is such a ominous, evil atmospheric line to pop into something like a star wars but luke you know he's being told the end is nigh you know you look look at your odds you're up here against the two evilest guys in the galaxy you've got no weapon you've got nothing which is why the emperor is as confident as he is all luke's got is that mm. overly dramatic spin to grab his saber which is uh <laughs> very very dance off but the moment where it's a <laughs> it's question very though, 80s, for you mate it's very very it's 80s. very 80s the question yeah. for you, which obviously also permeates the discussion, though, is when when Vader, you know, clashes blades with Luke in that moment. Who is he saving? Is he saving? Right. Is he saving the Emperor, or is he saving Luke Skywalker? Because that, right. you know, Luke kills at Palps. He he, he is gone. The haters going to swell too far, or is Vader in one last blast of loyalty saving the Emperor? And I love in that moment, and also you know the preceding moments. You, you still kind of think he's siding with the Empire. You, you can't quite be sure. The Emperor, sorry. You can't quite be sure, though. But in that moment, you know, is he saving him, the Emperor or Luke? Because Palps is cackling it. He's loving the 1v1. And, of course, we go into the, the wonderful duel where Luke gets to high ground and Obi-Wan has taught you well. And, you know, Vader just chucks his sabre at him. Um, yeah. <laughs> I which love I that. love. That. He's like, just get down, you little punk. But, is, you know, who's Vader? Who's Frisbee. he saving, mate? <laughs> um it's it's <laughs> it's um it's a good question i was alluding to that earlier with what i was saying you know mm. i was like you know beefcake in short i don't think there's a way to know for certain and i think both could be seen as correct you know the way i would look at it and the way i would interpret it is that vader is maybe initially defending Palpatine, but deep down, maybe subconsciously or in his heart, or, or maybe even something else, maybe the Force is stopping Luke from doing that. Like, no, 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 that that's not how this is going to end. And it just so happens to coincide with Palpatine's overconfidence. Like, it just, pl- for, from Palpatine's point of view, it just plays out like a chess move, right? Like, yeah, you do that. Yeah, I know what's happening next. Bang. I'm moving this pawn here because that's all these people are to, to, to Palpatine. And we've got to remember this when we're, when we're going through this scene. Palpatine doesn't care about anyone but himself. He is selfish. He is inward. Whereas Vader and Luke, Vader's conflicted. He's torn maybe starting to see a bit more light. He probably, he, he probably feels, and we know from his dialogue, he feels not, nah, I'm, I'm stuck in a hole now. Luke is still like, he's got that fiery spit of hope, you know, as Snoke said in the, in the last Jedi. Uh, but Palpatine, he, he don't care. These guys are just pawns and he will do whatever to whoever to get his way and to stay in power. Yeah, you're totally right. And the fight that ensues, the the duel, we mentioned Luke having the high ground, is personal. You know, Luke doesn't want to strike down his father. Mm. You know, does Vader want to strike down his son? Either way, Palpatine is cackling. He's he's got what he wants now. You know, survival of the fittest. Who's going to stand by the Emperor's side? Whoever wins, Palpatine wins. Whoever loses, 
Palpatine wins. And that's how he wants it. And you get that great moment. Well, like you've just mentioned about conflict where Vader, he, he, he even tries to, he even tries to lie and play it off. He's like, there, there is no conflict. The force theme plays slowly mm. as Luke says, mm. you won't kill me, Vader. And the stakes and the family drama. Who's, is anyone going to kill anyone, mate? And, uh, it was going to take something pretty extraordinary to, to finish his fight. You cannot hide forever, Luke. I will not fight you. Give yourself to the dark side. It is the only way you can save your friends. Yes, your thoughts betray you. Your feelings for them are strong, especially for... Sister. So, you have a twin sister. Your feelings have now betrayed her too. Obi-Wan was wise to hide her from me. Now his failure is complete. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. Yellow saber noises, mate. Come on. Oh, come on. That music. Now, I feel, mate, boy, that Star Wars, I mean, we, I don't even need to say we, I feel, we know. And what we always go on about with this saga, with this mythology, is that it's ultimately about family, love, redemption, peace, hope. so on and so forth. Hope. And, you're seeing all of those themes play out in, in, in just these moments right here. Return of the Jedi, the throne room, the end of the sixth chapter. And you're, you're hearing the word hate so often through this. Yeah. You know, Palpatine's like, use your hate, you know, to like channel that hatred like what your father did. You know, Anakin channeled his hatred, mm. which led to his fall, you know, and to murdering younglings, you know, to get what he thought was kind of justice, I suppose. And Luke is trying to resist that. And yet, because of his emotions, because of his love for his friends, a bit like Anakin's love for Padme, yep. he, he lashes out. He lashes out goes mental as soon as vader figures out leia is his sister and that she's potent potentially vulnerable you know at this point luke thinks he's not getting off this death star alive exactly it's worth yeah. bearing that in mind too he thinks yeah. he's 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 basically there to distract pa papa palps and vader and let his friends blow up the death star and they'll all die together 
And that's it. He says that, doesn't he, to Palps? You know, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna die up here, and I'm gonna take you down with me. You know, I paraphrase, but that's what he says at the beginning yeah, before yeah, yeah. he does his sure. disco turn to get his saber. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. And this is where the ambiguity that you mentioned falls into play massively because you mm. know there is no conflict, uh, and you know we, we Vader's looking at Luke, and we kind of thinking, you know, what's his game here? But in this moment, I love this scene, the way it's shot as well, where he's stalking you now underneath the underneath the floorboards as it were you know he's just, he's having to hunch over because he's so tall and he taps into you know luke's biggest fear his biggest anxiety you know, losing his friends but losing his sister which also in turn happens to be vader's daughter so he finds out now in that moment that he also has a daughter you know obi-wan was wise to hide her from me but if she, but if you can't be turned maybe she will if he's not trying to kill luke then he certainly knows how to goad him out and get it and get him fighting. And that's where the ambiguity comes in. That's where you think maybe Vader is too far gone. Maybe there is no conflict in him and he wasn't lying. And, you know, Palps is going to win this because Luke's going to have to strike him down. Yeah. It, this would have been, again, I, I know he said this a lot. And for those who are listening from 1983, you were there, fill us <laughs> in, but it would have been so tense and on the edge of your seat watching this because. You know, if Luke does this, he has become his father, which we'll see, uh, which which he does. He looks at his own hand, doesn't he? The music that um, accompanies this scene, I think it's called The Dark Side Beckons, had a little looky, uh, when he's going ham. It's a really beautiful bit of music, like a cor- choral bit of music that accompanies, you know, Luke Skywalker losing the plot. Say what you will about The Last Jedi and all that. Here, he gives into that hate. And he is hacking away at his governor and he cuts his hand off. You know, he slices his hand off. He gives in to that hate. And it's that kind of like, oh, damn moment where you know, this is it. This is it. And all the while, Palps is chuckling away. But it's that dichotomy. It's that, you know, if there is no, you know, if Vader is, doesn't want to destroy Luke. And if he is trying to kind of coax him out uh, or, or in, in some kind of plan to take down the emperor, yeah, you know, using his sister, you know, Luke's sister, Leia, as a bargaining tool. It's a pretty evil thing to do, isn't it, mate? And that's still Vader doing it, like, yeah. and and who, yeah. and 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 during this whole time, who's winning? Palpatine is winning. Palpatine is in the lead on the table. Like he, yep. he's looking back at this, thinking, "Mate, like you two chumps are just here knocking <laughs> each other out. You think you're going to blow up the Death Star? It's all good. I got you. I, that's all like been spoiled. I know what's happening. I got my best troops down there doing their thing. I'm I'm in a hundred percent control of this. Yep. And the one thing that neither of uh, well, the one thing Palpatine didn't want to happen is for Luke just to be the pacifist and to really think things through. So Palpatine is using that emotional manipulation. He's the devil on Luke's shoulder, and he's prodding prodding at him, and he's tempting him. And what does Luke do? Lashes out. Lashes out and nearly ruins the whole thing. Despite the fact, despite the fact that he's not even fighting Palpatine, he's fighting Vader, he's fighting his father... He's not fighting Palpatine. So you can see he's being manipulated so easy. And on top of that, minutes before, seconds before Matty Boy, Luke was saying, Father, I will not fight you. Yeah. I will not fight you. I won't fight you. Hang on. Minutes later, Palpatine manipulates him. Bish, bash, bosh. Done, mate. 
you're fighting your father. That's how strong this guy is. Palpatine isn't even using a, a, like an inch, less than an inch of his force and his potential. He is using just his mind. He's using his mind, and that's what he is. He is the ultimate manipulator. He's a smart cookie. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? He's kicking back with his Echo Base cocktail, watching these schmucks um, duke it out. And, yeah, I mean, it looks like Vader's real kind of goal here. He needs to make Luke lose control. He has to bring him closer to the dark side mm-hmm. to appease his master, which is what happens, which is what happens. But then, of course, what happens if he does that? No, surely Vader, yeah, look, we, we can kind of see from this film, he's, he's getting old, he's getting tired, he's worn out, he's, you know, he knows that the game is afoot here, but surely he's not going to go down like Obi-Wan did in A New Hope and allow himself to be killed. So if, you know, if, if Luke, when he taps into that dark side, you know, good, your hate has made you powerful. You know, what was Vader looking to get out of it? He's obeying his master, but, you know, mm. again, again, I don't mean to, to muddy the timelines, but we know that, you know, Anakin sliced off Count Dooku's head yeah. in an act of uh, betrayal and um, climbing Temptation. the ladder. Which he was is, manipulated. What, exactly, he's manipulated, so he knows that. But from, but again, keeping it OT, you know, what was Vader's endgame here? Was he, you know, what was he hoping Luke would go ham and kill kill it, kill it, the Emperor and they could rule together? I find this so interesting that it goes from a bit of conflict to, you know, I'm going to go to, I'm going to use your sister. I'm going to turn her. And then, yeah, we see when we see Luke loses, uh, Luke lose control, and just absolutely wail on Vader. You fear the worst. You f- you fear that you know he's going to become the most powerful Sith. But then he looks mm. at his own mechanical hand, doesn't he, mate? Good. <laughs> Your heat has made you powerful. Fulfill your destiny and take your father's place at my side. Never. I'll never turn to the dark side. You failed, Your Highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. So be it, Jedi. One of the best lines in cinema. Hey, look, we do a Star Wars podcast. Of course we're going to love Star Wars lines. But that is so, so epic. You know, such a mm-hmm. kind of climbing the top of the it's mountain what? and shouting into the void. You know, I'm, he's facing down death here. He's, <laughs> yes. he's, he's, he's thrown his saber away. He's just cut his dad's hand off. The most evil man in the galaxy is staring him down. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. And it's come on. But then Palps, like you mentioned, confident. So be it, Jedi. What a creepy, eerie line to say. But, mate, what a moment. He looked from, from looking at his own hand, realising that he is becoming his father, if not already on the way there, 
to, to throwing away his lightsaber in the most Jedi way. It's not the first time we said that about Luke Skywalker and facing and fronting up to the most powerful man in the galaxy and saying, nope, not on my watch. Come on. Come on. Sum it's not up. It's not just so, so, so epic, mate boy. It's so good. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it. You know it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's magical, mate. Just the way Luke has that moment, he lets the force in, and he realizes, nah, this, you know, this ain't going to fix any, anything. Because before that, by the way, he could have just like, he could just like killed his dad. And he's yeah, starting he to see it. He's starting to see a bit of his, dark side in him he looks mm-hmm. at his hand like you said my boy and uh he's thinking hang on what what how did this happen how did i get With from a to b but that's something that anakin couldn't do that's something that anakin yeah. as a youth as a youth as a young'un <laughs> as a lad he can do that he, he he can do that luke can do that and that's what really makes the the this scene quite powerful and it goes on to be even more powerful because i think for the first time in this scene and maybe even in the whole of the six episodes of star wars at this moment palpatine isn't in control isn't in control palpatine is vulnerable palpatine is kind of stumped a little bit and he's thinking right so be it jedi and i think even though he replies and that there is some strength in that reply it's it's almost defensive this whole time papa palps has been on the offensive yeah he's been in control he's been attacking and suddenly he's like oh hang on all right and what does he do? He he can't use those words. He can't use that mental manipulation. He resorts to what he knows best, or one of the things he knows best. Anyway, starts flipping lightning, attacking <laughs> Endor fried Luke. Yeah, uses the right. old force force lightning on Luke because that's all he's got. That's all he's got at that mm-hmm. point. Like, all right, so now I've got Vader, who's just had his hand chopped off by Luke, was about to be killed, was about to be killed, but then Luke was like, do you know what? No, I'm good. I mean, it would have been nice if he didn't chop his hand off, but, you know, that goes to show he's human. He's not perfect. Emotion. Exactly. Anger. And yet even he, he, he stopped himself before it was too late. Palpatine's thinking, right, so I've got Vader, who's now pretty much useless who's even older <laughs> more damaged because bear in yep. mind luke was kind of like that new new vader he was like that second coming for, for papa yeah. palps right papa palps inherited a really damaged anakin skywalker and he even yep. says earlier in the earlier on in the scene he's like oh yeah well i can complete your training he's probably thinking like I can complete what I kind of started with Vader, that he, yeah. he couldn't quite reach that level. Luke probably the could reach that level. of the puzzle, yeah. There we go, man. There we go. And uh, yeah, but Luke still, he, like you said, throws that lightsaber away. Nah, he's good. He's good. Oh, it is powerful, isn't it? And it, and it genuinely is. Like the way it's, it, it's one of those moments that in the end of a trilogy where, Usually you'd expect the hero to, to, to slay the villain. But in this instance, you've got two villains, uh, the father and the emperor. 
and you're spot on. Like with the Emperor at that point, he's kind of thinking, "What do I do now? I've got to act on impulse." You know, like you say, Vader is you know he's he's useless. He's only got one arm now, and yeah, he's old and he's past his sell by date. Luke, who has done that, refuses to kill him, gives in, throws his saber away, and you know defies him. I am a Jedi, which is which is like saying the worst curse word to Palpatine. You know, I'm a Jedi. It's the worst yeah. thing he could have heard in that moment. And like you say, so which is like so what an extinct word. It's like an extinct yeah. word. Like that. That word is been, not ushered anywhere, is it? It's not allowed, is it? They've been um, repressing and oppressing every mm. mention of the Jedi. And you know, for him to come out and say, "No, you know, I am one, not just any, but like my father before me," which would have been the ultimate stab in the heart to Palps. And like you say, what does he do? He resorts to what he knows, and he and he fries Luke. And again, it would be hard not to think how on earth is Luke Skywalker going to get out of this? He is being absolutely, you know, torched alive, seemingly with no one there to help him. In with retrospect, it's easy to look back now and think. Oh yeah, of course. It's obvious Vader was going to help him, but it really isn't. You know, he just cut Vader's hand off after Vader wanted to turn his sister and destroy Luke. He's probably the least person, uh, most obvious person to save him. Yeah, you know, Luke's getting absolutely, absolutely caned now, young Skywalker. You will die. Is the most cold Palpatine line ever. And this is what I was alluding to earlier on. There's no ham. There's no cheese. There's no nothing. This is what's going to happen. You're going to die. After after Luke is screaming for his father, Vader stands up next to Palpatine and he has to hear him saying that, mate. Luke, help me take this mask off. But you'll die. Nothing can stop that now. Just for once, let me look on you with my own eyes. leave you here i've got to save you you already have look you were right you were right about me tell your sister you were right father I won't leave you. Wow. Wow, it's so powerful. Just the music, everything. We've gone from such drama, you know, Vader finally 
finally telling Palpatine to shut up and chucking him down a well or whatever it is. Yeeting him down that shaft. (laughs) See you later. See you later. To something that's so human, you know, behind that mask this whole time. It's just a man. It's an old man who's tired, who's had enough. And finally, finally, he's Anakin. He's Anakin Skywalker. He's himself. And... He's just had that liberation. He's free. He's free for the first time in many, many years. And the reason he's free is because he's finally a Jedi again. He's finally himself again. And the reason, Matty Boy, this is called Return of the Jedi. And the reason why really this whole saga exists and why you can even continue the story yeah, it's not because they killed Palpatine. You know, killing Palpatine wasn't the objective here. Palpatine could have died or lived. You know, and yeah, because of the sequel trilogy, we know he eventually lived. You know how that specifically works, we don't know. We'll let the Mandalorian tell us how that works. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it ultimately it doesn't matter. The Return of the Jedi is finally the Jedi for generations for generations, for years and years, hundreds of years maybe, haven't exercised their core principles, which is love. Ultimately, yeah. love is in the middle. And they, they were political. You know, they, they, they used hate. They were war generals. They were the opposite to what the Jedi should have been. And without any so- sort of lightsaber which is obviously the weapon of a Jedi Knight, of course. Of course. Yeah. But that's not, that's not what fixes wars, and that's not what fixes relationships and fixes families and heals people. Palpatine's got rid of, and through love, Vader, Anakin Skywalker, saves his son. And that's only possible because Luke saved his father out of love and because of that act of love in that very moment the jedi have returned both of them there's two anakin and luke father and son not for long it's only for a few minutes and then he passes away and becomes one with the force and it's it's beautiful it's so so beautiful it's the prodigal son isn't it it's the 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 redemption and the return of a good man, ultimately, who did bad things. And he was driven by love. And it's, it yeah. comes down to, like you said, everything you've done. I was listening. I was, on, I was on the edge of every word you said then, because it was so spot on. And, <laughs> but, you know, Anakin Skywalker is a man driven by love. You know, love consumed him to the point where it became, it defined him and he be, it drove him to become, you know, to turn to the dark side. And like you said, the father saves the son, the son saves the father at the end and by doing that the skywalker saved the galaxy but this scene is you know it is like classic skywalker you know the tragedy of their family that you know it's almost like one has to die for the other to live uh, almost because you know vader is redeemed or anakin is redeemed sorry he saves his son and in doing so they've brought peace to the galaxy he's brought peace justice and security to the galaxy but he's not going to be there to see it. Now, whether he deserves to be is another talking point for another episode, possibly. But mm. I love, love, love that the, the tenderness of the moment where 
they let me look on you with my own eyes and when luke takes the helmet off there isn't a kind of look of disgust or fear it's this is my dad you know this is my father and it's re- and it's reflected back in anakin's eyes you know hayden christensen has turned into an old english man but another story for another time but that is a brilliant and again it's a lovely scene like tell your sister you were right mm. you know I, 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 you know oh, that the the line my friend you know that the line that uh you know everybody seems to hang on to the most you know i've got to save you you already have luke you know you already have you were right about me and even before this when when vader is deciding what to do he's looking at his son getting set on fire almost and palps the, the, the personification of evil you could see in the the mask almost looks like it's changed you can almost see you know he's looking back and forward a, com- a sadness behind that mask and when he throws palpatine off again he, they've got that silly screen when palpatine gets thrown off but it, it, it's the power in that moment when he just lifts him up and throws him it's unexpected you don't expect you know vader has been perceived and portrayed as the bad guy throughout the ot he is the ultimate bad guy and then we meet palpatine but he does the most honorable thing and in that moment darth vader becomes a father Mm -hmm. that's when he becomes the father you know you give me all that miss me of that i am your father lock this is the moment when it happens this is when he becomes anakin again and in doing so yeah he's he saved his son he's redeemed himself like you said the jedi are back now, Luke is back. Luke has survived. Anakin, the Jedi, is back. But the Jedi have returned. And the music in this scene, my friend, and go back and watch this scene, guys, like we did, and try and tell both of us that it's not as powerful anymore. I would love to hear from someone saying, nah, that scene with Luke and his father, you know, it's lost something. You know, so it's only a short scene. That's what I quite like about it. It's short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know, it's, you know, Darth Vader and Anakin is wheezing away. It's short, simple. The dialogue yeah. is to the point. But it works because of that, doesn't it? It's it's powerful. Yeah. I think for me, mate, um, it's one of the most powerful. And I'm, I am going to say this because I'm such a diehard Star Wars fan, but it is one of the most powerful scenes I've seen in a film or TV show, whatever I've seen. It's one of the most powerful mm-hmm. things I've ever seen. This just wonderful moment that can feel so relatable for so many people. You know, you could look at that and think I'm I'm Luke, or you could look at it and say I'm Vader. And yep. at some point, we all probably can relate to both of those, whether it's on a big scale or maybe a small scale. And yep. it's it's it makes the point that no one's ever truly gone, no one's ever really oh, gone, mate. right? Yeah. That you can always make amends and you can always redeem yourself. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to love you. Luke was the only one at his father's funeral and everyone it's worth noting during that scene, everyone's running around around them. Not even the stormtroopers, the Imperial officers. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. In this scene. Yeah. Right. in in on the death star, no one's like going, Oh look, our boss is there with some weird kid now nah, mate like they're they're running yeah, for they're it all right, oh, right okay yeah anyway crack on everyone's <laughs> and like you say everyone's celebrating everyone's like yeah freedom to the galaxy and that's kind of a that's that's one of the main storylines of star wars this this fight for freedoms going on and yet in the background there's this 
really personal down to earth redemption between a father, a son, and a family. And mm-hmm. there we have the return of the Jedi. You think it was worth coming to this late at night? Yeah. yeah. Good over to you, always. The movie no, was perfect. It was exactly the way it had to be. It was a fantastic movie, but it was good. It was really, really good. But the real critics of any film are the moviegoers who pay the cash to get in. It was great. People were just cheering and screaming and yelling and clapping. I answered a lot of questions, but not all of them. There's enough to keep you wanting more. I'm a new woman. It's the truth. Good prevails. We will all conquer. It's very good. It was definitely the greatest science fiction movie ever made. I mean, I was right in there. I mean, Lucas, total genius all the way. The sound, the visual. I... It was a total experience. It's sort of like Star Wars. You want to go see it over and over again. Are you going to be back for more? Mm, For sure, as soon as I get back from London. The Force is with more than just the characters in this latest edition of Star Wars. It will be also felt in your wallets. The tickets are going for $4.50 to $5. But then, no one seems to mind anyway. Lorraine Woodward, Channel 7 News. Hi, this is Simon J. Williamson, Max Rebo from Return of the Jedi, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. (sighs) Mate, what did the Rebels do after blowing up Palpatine, the Death Star, eating the Ewoks? They had a party, and they had a few Beerios, and they went to their little cantinas. As fate would have it, we've pulled up the falcon outside of our favourite dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. The only question that remains, my friend, is, shall we? Ah, let's do it, mate. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? A libation. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? I'm free. Give me the spiciest drink you've got. Pour me another Park Kellen sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Yes, here we go. Each week, for those of you who are new to the show or old, we sit down with you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers. And we get your thoughts on our main discussion. So this week, of course, we wanted to know your thoughts on the famous, the wonderful, the classic Return of the Jedi throne room scene. And as ever... They didn't disappoint, did they, mate? No, they did not. Right, from Instagram, straight up, we got some complaints about the no being added to when Palpatine's chucked down the Mm -hmm. supersonic well. We all know about that. And am I the biggest fan of it? No, I'm not. I'd rather it just stay silent. But that's what we got. That's what we got. And it for me, maybe, it doesn't really detract from the scene that much anyway. So... Um, but I, I, I thought I'd mention that anyway. I don't want to gloss over that. Uh, Stuart Howe, Sticky Pop, says, totes emotion, the point where I reach for the tissues, even more so than Jabba's Palace. 
uh, Ezo Junkie Cosplay. It's why Return of the Jedi is my favourite Star Wars movie, even if everyone says Empire is. Uh, Caleb72 says, Growing up, I found it boring. Was my least favourite of the three. Plots running at the end of the movie. Now, it's my favorite love that love that and and i i agree with that i felt with time return of the jedi just naturally became my favorite star war um ever uh poe dameron our boy from north uh honestly it's probably the best sequence in the saga for me encapsulates all the main themes wonderfully absolutely love all of the answers we've got a lot of people really really emotional over this as they should be mate boy as they should be uh what what else have we got from the interwebs mate boy people saying good stuff uh, about this that's it mate from the bluebird and twitter and some socials here one of the things i noticed mate is that we didn't get any negative comments and we, look, we, mm. we've said before ad nauseum we welcome different opinions be classy with your opinion but we welcome different opinions but when it came to the throne room scene it was nothing but positivity and it, that's to be expected because it like we say it's one of the moments in cinema but it's lovely to see one moment where people just come together and like yeah this is great uh zoop he said it's peak star wars probably the most emotional moments in the entire scene- series only you were my brother anakin has come close when luke yells never and the score kicks in i get goosebumps every time I hear and see it as I'm typing this. Uh, Gordon Brown, our boy, says, It's magnificent. Super dialogue. Looks amazing. Great sound. And the lightsaber duel between Luke and Vader is the best uh, saber fight of the OT. Goes a long way to helping make Return of the Jedi the best Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Uh, Kieran Johnson is one of the most emotional scenes of Star Wars. It is your classic good versus evil. However, it carries the underlying tone of protection with Luke trying to protect the rebels and Leia whilst Vader is trying to protect Luke from falling for Palpatine's trap. That is a very, very good point. Uh, Welsh Wookiee, still one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars, in my opinion. Even better interwoven with the Endor space and land battles. And finally, our boy Jamie Garwood next to the aisle says, tension-filled and well-acted, great setup for the climax of that narrative arc. All positive, mate. All positive. I kind of wish now yeah. we've got some which said, I that. bit ropey, bit naff, but, you know, across the board, mate, across yeah, the board. One. There weren't any of that. There there was not any criticism on it. Like Everyone just seemed to really, really like this scene. Uh, Even if they weren't as crazy about it as you and I, Like they still kind of go, look, I don't like that. I don't like the no. And we did get a few of those. But generally, (laughs) people would caveat that by saying, yeah, but still love it. Still really powerful. Still really emotional. So that's a testament to this scene and ultimately to Return of the Jedi as a film, right? So impressive, mate. Impressive. Most impressive. Yeah, mate, I can't wait to get to the Return of the Jedi commentary so we get to relive this all over again on our Patreon. We've still got to do Empire and New Hope. What a shame that's going to be, huh? So, uh, everyone, thank you so much for sending in your comments. If we didn't get to your comment or voicemail this week, don't be disheartened. We will do everything we can to feature you on an upcoming edition of The Bantina. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. 
Podcast, podcast. It's Duncan. That's right. Spice is part of the but 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 It's patron questions section, uh, and to kick us off this week, it's Alex Jessup with a cheeky voice message. Let's hear it, mate boy. Hello. Hi, Matt and Luke. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> My Patreon question is this. Who do you think wins in an all-you-can-eat buffet competition? Jabba the Hutt or Sean Hudson? Only kidding. My real question is this. And I've had it on the back burner for a little while, and I thought it was good timing following on from your recent prequel episode. Do you think, as I do, that the OT special editions were the preliminary sketch for the prequels? Do you think that this was George Lucas seeing if there was still an audience for Star Wars after quite a while away. Do you think it was him testing to see if the CG would work and if he could uh, fit that in? And uh, if it looked well in that universe? I'd love to get your thoughts and everybody else's. I cannot wait to see everybody at the meetup. Goodbye. (gasps) Man. Oh, uh, uh, at the Super Star Wars night, Jessup was going, hello, goodbye to everyone. <laughs> what oh, a man. I love that guy. Uh, the buffet question. I, th- I almost Sean. feel like that's the, really? Yeah, he loves a buffet. Loves Does a snack. He? What sort of buffet are we talking about? Like Chinese or? Meat. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> Loves meat. Yeah. Meat buffet. All right. Fair play. Fair play. It, this is a really interesting question. No, um, it is. And it's, it's something that I've never given any sort of consideration over, really. Um, I always thought that the special editions were kind of brought out to just remind people that Star Wars was, was there, but not really as a testing thing. What, what do you think, mate, boy? Um... Well, obviously, for those listening, that question was sent in pre-Super Star Wars night, and because we released our episode last week, hence why it's a bit back, um, we've gone back to the past there, but hey, we got there for a great question. I feel like George himself said that the special editions, whilst he wanted to go back, reconfigure them, retool them into his new vision, which... He continued to have quite a few new visions, as it so as it turned out. But um, I have, do have a feeling he did say that some of the technology was used as a testing ground. Same with the young Indiana Jones uh, series. If I remember rightly, I believe those series, especially those, that were, were used as a kind of right. Let's see what we can do because I think a lot of people who worked on that worked on the prequel trilogy themselves. I think Rick, Rick McCallum himself was there as well. So I think they were the springboard and the special editions were the next evolution in that step. I also think there was more to the point that he wanted to retool those films, especially the first one, A New Hope, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. bring it up to what he wanted. So uh, the young Indiana Jones was the, was the first step in that. I don't doubt that he saw the special editions as a way of fine-tuning the technology that he would later um, use and push and further and create for the prequels. Uh, so I do think 70-30, 70% because he wanted to bring him up to his speed, 30%, a little bit of a testing ground. And in, and yeah, I do think there may have been, it may have been used as a way to see what the, what the 
furor was the clamor for more star wars films i don't yeah. think at that point star wars had been gone long enough for there not to be of course you know 14 years is a long time but we for those who really wanted to invest they had the thrawn books in the eu but i do i wouldn't be surprised if it was a case of let's put these out see how well they do and that might you know push some of my thinking for the prequels as it turned out they did very well the you know, people turning up to see the films again obviously some of the changes weren't as well received but um i think it's more i think it was more to test the technology than to see if there was a a lust for star wars still but i don't think it's out of the question to think that mate uh, but what about you though what do you think about the technology and also you know testing those waters well it, the, the question makes so much sense and it, 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 it's it's kind of hard to argue against it as a theory the truth is we probably wouldn't ever truly know and if there was truth behind it um, we wouldn't necessarily be given such a black and white answer um, but Alex you know what, um, what Matty Boy just said I think is bang on the money I don't disagree with anything he's just said so thank you and therefore i agree with like what you're saying jessup that yeah the special editions could have definitely been a a testing ground but also it was a lot more than that it was like i feel like reminding people look star wars is on the way come see it again and they're bringing in a bit of extra cash for lucasfilm you know, while they're developing the prequel trilogy, um, they're able to That's sell more point. toys. The power of the force toys, you know, just remind <laughs> yeah. people that this is a huge mega IP <laughs> that can flex its toys muscles. And it's going to, and this is almost like a warm up to the main event. So, but de- definitely, mate, great question, great thought process. Really love it. Really, really love it. Do you really like it? Is it, is it wicked? <laughs> Classic British music there. Uh, nice one, Jessup, mate. And as as you guys all know, it's an open invitation. Let us know your thoughts on all of these questions. Special editions, were they a testing ground or were they a, or was it a barometer test? Uh, let us know what you think. Paul Buckle, our boy, he was also at the Super Star Wars night with his lad. What a king, the king, he was. Of the, kings of lad. the king and prince of Oxford. Uh, Paul Buckle, he said... Right, thought of something whilst absorbing paint fumes today, not by choice. Star Wars obviously has some iconic characters, but some are very similar to characters from other films. As an example, Han Solo, ladies' man, usually on the wrong side of the law, always looking for his next big score to settle down, but can think fast and almost talk his way out of any situation. Charlie Crocker, the Italian job, 1969. See above description. Spot on, Paul. Do you have any characters from other films... That could slip right in from another film. Very, very cool mm. question. Haven't heard this one before. Could you plop one character from one film, put it into another film, and the character characterization would be similar, mate? Yes, I can actually. And I oh, think if you look at if, if if you look at other characters within the fantasy genre, I think you can find quite a few. Um, but I'm going to go for quite a fun one. I can imagine this being a really good. Um, quite quite a funny character, but not slap, not too slapsticky. You know, not not too Jar Jar. Um, still a little bit witty, but also stupid enough that all the family will love it. Um, I think this character would be able to bring a little bit of force to any sort of situation. If you pardon the pun, um, 
I was actually thinking a character like Gimli from the Lord of the Rings films. You know, if you had kind of a group of protagonists, a character like Gimli, a dwarf, you know, it's so Star Wars, isn't it? It's so Star Wars. It it would just fit in so well. Um, And I think particularly the way he's portrayed in the Peter Jackson films, you know, I think it's just bang on the money, could fit into, slot into Star Wars so easily. Um, So... I'm going to say that, Paul. But again, really interesting question. Something that I've not thought of, really. So, Matty Boy, I want to hear what you've got to say, mate, especially with that cheeky film knowledge you got. What are you saying, man? Gimli's a good shout. You know, Rings of Power, very uh, mm. present in our minds. So, good shout, my friend. Um, I am going to throw in a couple. I mean, firstly, who wouldn't want to see Jack Sparrow take the place of Watto? You know, they're both, they're both tricksters. <laughs> Uh, they both after a cheeky credit somehow uh, the obvious one the obvious one speaking fantasy speaking Lord of the Rings is Gandalf as Obi-Wan Kenobi imagine switching those two out that could be quite cool um, I also thought um, Katniss from the Hunger Games she'd be a good oh. Ray I think she'd be a great Ray in, um, for, in their, their characteristics um, they, they, they have the steel they have the strength they have the tools and the talent but there's also that naivety there's also that something in the back of their mind which seems to hold them back but they make it in the end um or for the for those out there who like a bit of sadism anton Shiga from no country for old men the one of the best villains of all time not as vader but i'd love to see him as the grand inquisitor i think that would be great fun to see that um how uh, he was played by javier bardem in that film i'd love to see him as the grand ink but katniss as ray would be my plop one for one film and put into another film and I also think Ray could probably do a good Katniss in the Hunger Games so uh, that's what I'm thinking big boy that, that's such a flipping good answer mate that's such a flipping I knew it I knew you were going to like absolutely <laughs> boss this you feel back uh, thank you so back. much Paul you naughty boy we love you and thanks again for coming to the Super Star Wars night all the way from Oxford yes. I know the trains played you up a little bit um, so yeah really appreciate the extra effort um, Vadim Simmons, all the way from Belgium, has sent us this. Mayboy says, Hi, fellas. What third installment would you like to have seen if Disney didn't cancel the anthology after The Last Jedi solo? But we still got all the shows we've had in the meantime. Stay spicy. Basically, Mayboy, that rules out Kenobi. I think that's what that yeah. question means. <laughs> you can't. That's, that's the... Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't do that one. So yeah, third anthology, buddy. What, what, what are you saying? Um, we know that um, we know that Vadim sent that from uh, top of a penthouse somewhere. You know, cocktail in one hand, cigar on the other. The Belgian Bond. Um, so we can't have Boba Fett. We can't have Kenobi or a Mandalorian. That's a good question. Obviously, the question is, what would you have liked? What would you have liked to have seen? I mean, it, uh, even after Solo's poor performance. A, a, a Vader anthology spin-off would have blown the doors oh. off of the box office. Whether or not it would have been any good, whether or not you could make a, series, a film about Vader interesting or have him just uh, hunting people down, I do quite like the idea of. I think the Darth Maul comic did it, where he has he's kind of he's hunt, not kind of not hunting down, but he's pitted against a Jedi, and you know, they kind of not get to know each other, but they have through conversation they find sort of some sort of shared ground but he kills her anyway maybe like that like a vader has to hunt down one jedi but it becomes like personal and um 
in the end he does it kills Vader. her kills her or him or her like Vader kills their, them anyway but it's not like a like a slaughter scene of 50 Jedi getting wiped out that would have blown the doors off the box office but I also would have liked to have seen if we're going to recast Han Solo I would have liked to have seen something with Luke Skywalker set between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi Jesus has just found out that Vader's his governor now he's just um, his best buddy Han has just been frozen in carbonite the rebellion is scattered and they're in trouble yet he's also training to be a Jedi he's still he's out there on the road out there on the boots on the ground training so I think that would have been one I'd have liked to have seen you know would have, you would have had Rogue One solo and then like you know, imagine if they just called it Luke but something bet- with Luke Skywalker set between Empire and Jedi would be what I would have picked but, Luke uh, what about you then mate so you can't have Kenobi you can't have Bobi you can't have Mando what's your picking big boy Watto the Gambler, a Star Wars story. <laughs> what a Coming good to idea. you this December. Well, uh, the, the the film would probably come out in 2020, right? So we are pretending this yes. is an alternative, uh, alternate timeline, universe, whatever. Um, so taking that into consideration, um, maybe this is a bad bit out there, and I'm I'm I maybe. I'm not even 100% convinced by this one, but a Plagueis film. Um, yeah, and you see a young Palpatine, and you kind of get hints into how he would have survived, you know, getting chucked down the, the, the mystical Yeed. well. <laughs> Yeed down the well by, uh, by uh, Vader, by Daddy Vader, you know. Mate. You know, just some just some hinting and some like right, and maybe you could see things into you know what he did in between six and what a way and nine to and recontextualize what a way to beef up the story of the rise of Skywalker. If you, if if, you, if people know yeah. that there's another story coming, so maybe it was planned. I mean, there we go, precisely, oh. precisely. And so, yeah, That's I don't know what you'd call it, maybe Plagueis or Dark Apprentice, a Star Wars story, something like yeah. that. It, it would have to, you'd have to, unfo- well, fortunately <laughs> or unfortunately, you'd have to, like, basically cancel out some of the prior canon um, or expanded universe stuff, whatever. But, I, you know, I think it'd be... I think you could do it. I think you could do it without... Guys, being too bad, yeah. Yeah, you, you you could work around. Come on, you could work something out. You could easily work something out. So um, another absolutely banging question there, Vadim. You saucy sauce pot. You oh, naughty mate. Belgian. Somehow a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> naughty there we go. Belgian Bond Vadim. So yeah, what would you guys, what would that third anthology have been if you guys had the checkbook? Give us some characters that you could plot from one film into Star Wars with the same characteristics and the special editions. Were they a testing ground for technology or were they there to test the waters of the fandom's uh, need for Star Wars? Give us your answers. Guys and girls, thank you so much for participating in the band, Tina. Thanks for the Patreon questions. You guys know we are going to be back with another load next week. And bartender, sorry about the mess, but you also know that we're going to be back here again same time next week in the Bantina. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions Game! 
the best part of the week where we, one of us gets a shout game if you're new to the show that's what we do it's normal please bear with us but we also end every show with a star wars themed game it's and we alternate. I was put off then by Luke. He put, he put a man bun in his hair. He put, he put a man <laughs> bun like Dave Dunn in there. It looked good, man mate. Bun. It looked good. Man bun like Dave Dunn. Yeah. We love it. it. Yeah, good. sorry. I don't know why. I just I saw one of Arley's, Arley, one Arley. of her hairbands um, on the desk. And I thought, hang on. I can't yeah. not touch that now. It's so. every male's kind of prerogative. When they see a hairband, they've either got to we'll do what you're doing now, which is put it on your wrist just play with it uh, uh, randomly or put it in your own hair. It's just what yeah. we do. It's what it's the what guys do. Ed shouldn't lead this, them around. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. But yes, game, we alternate who's going to host it each week. This week, I'm hosting it. Luke, do you want to know what you're playing this week? Of course, mate. Always. What are we doing? What are we doing? I've gone to the well this week and I've pulled out a classic from me anyway. It's a simple one. It's one we've done before because you're so good at it, my friend. It oh, is... No impressions oh, i am going okay. to give Luke a selection of characters and he has to do their best his best impression of said character i didn't want to do a return of the jedi quiz because that seemed a bit obvious i didn't want to yeah. do anything like that i thought i want i want luke to you know spat, you know, test his stretches vocab vocals once more his impression okay. game is strong so, yeah now that i've bigged him up shall we put you to the test yeah let's do it mate let's get stuck in come on nice and easy one play that funky music dj you ready mate yeah let's do it first impression that you need to give me and the listeners is padme amadala padme i call it aggressive negotiations <laughs> <laughs> another line please um i'm pregnant annie i'm pregnant <laughs> This is a happy moment. (laughs) Um, Senator, she sounds like totally different in Phantom Menace, doesn't she? A committee. Yeah, it's mental. Committee. It's committee. Yeah, so that's that's a bit of a That's her dying. Uh, Uh, That's her dying. Yes. uh, (laughs) Luke. uh, uh, Is is that. It's that great um, meme where you've got that droid coming in who delivers the babies and he's going, ooh, bah, ooh, bah. And the, yeah. it, it, the meme is, you know, Padme, it's not funny. <laughs> Padme didn't get a chance to name the kids. So the last <laughs> thing that Obi-Wan hears is ooh, bah. And, it, it, you know, Luke bursts into the cell detention block to save Leia. <laughs> I'm ooh, bah, Skywalker. I'm here to save you. <laughs> I just named ooh, him after ooh, bah. <laughs> ooh, bah. <laughs> Um, next impression, my friend. This is a. It's not specific, but it is from the Rise of Skywalker. Palpatine, oh. please. The Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine. Um, yeah. Hammy palps. Is that more hammy? Is he? Would you say a th- bit more hammy? I think, uh, obviously, Revenge of the Sith. I mean, like you say, that's uh, the only thing that hammier than that is a cow's backside, right. a, a pig's backside. Sorry, but the um, dark side of the Force is a pathway to what many. Co- I know I've got it all wrong anyway. Pathway to what many consider to be unnatural. I know I've got that mixed up. But also, you've got the lightning in the sky. Yeah, yeah, and then. Stop that. <laughs> I've said it on the review we did in 2019. That sound design 
bends my head. It's so, so good. Whatever everyone says about the film, the sound design is great in that film. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Other uh, than that, another like, what's another line? What's a specifically specific Tross Palpo line? Like? Um, what does he say when he's... Uh, when he's shooting Ray with the Force Lightning, and she's got the two sabers, what does he say to her? What does he oh, proclaim? Um, um, what he does he all... say? I am all the Sith, and then she's um, like, "And I am all the Jedi." And I am oh. Iron Man. Um, stand together, die together. Oh yeah, stand together, die together. <laughs> there's loads Empress Palpatine there's loads yeah, um, somehow he returned uh, can you give me your best Hondo Onaka please uh, Hondo Hondo Onaka <laughs> very good Hondo yeah mate flipping channeling that galaxy's edge energy <laughs> he's very Jim we met Jim Cummins kind of by proxy at MCM he's a great guy and he's also said Maybe Hondo's coming back into live action. Maybe he wants to hang out of Ahsoka. Jim Cummings himself, he said, oh, he said, well, they haven't asked me, but they might have done, but I don't know. So Hondo might be in the Ahsoka show as well. Uh, that would be great. Um, of easy one, Bib Fortuna. Bib. Um, Diwanawanga. <laughs> Diwanawanga. Yeah. Ooh, Diwanawanga. <laughs> 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 I mean, what else is he going to say? Yeah. Um, Sai Snooker. Boba! <laughs> yeah, Boba! I think it's Matt Wood uh, who does the voice for that, and it's it, it, it's fine, yeah. Boba! Um, Sai right. Snootles, please, the singer in Jabba's Palace, the uh, blue one, whatever, with yep. the big protruding mouth. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. Thanks, I like that mate. one. Um, Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Um, Mon Mothma. I'm just a... I'm just a political ginger. And I'm here to start a rebellion. But on the DL. Wink. <laughs> You're a rebel. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to uh, watching some Mothma. Yeah, no. Uh, O'Reilly, Genevieve O'Reilly. She looks like she's going to crush it. And she looks yeah, great. She you know? We stand. We stand Mon Mothma no, on this show. Um, we do. Cassian Andal. We do. Cassian Andal. Oh, you want me to do that again after last week's voice note? I'll yeah, do it. Absolutely. Or the other week, whenever. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. <laughs> I will murder you. Huh? <laughs> Apologies to Mexico. Yeah. Or to whoever, really. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm just tr- doing an impression. It's a game. Matty Boy's forcing me to do it. It's very good. Well, I've only got two more to give you. The first one is Grief Karga. Mando! <laughs> that's what it. What else does he say? Yeah, do no, the magic it, hand thing. No, do the magic hand. No, that's it. Like, just Mando. Like, you, you, Mando. you, you can picture him right now. Like, his Mando, like, at the ropes. table. Yeah, mate. Come on. Come on. Can't wait to see Grief Karga back in action, mate. So and, excited. Uh, the last one is someone <laughs> probably won't see in action again. Cara Dune. Why won't we see her in action again? Well, who knows if she's going to be in the next episode <laughs> series of Mando? Yeah, who knows what they got planned for old Dune? Oh, winding you up, winding everyone up. Uh, um, in oh, what does she say? I don't know. Huh. Exactly. Huh. Um, 
and I like I like the character, but she's, I like the character. I, that's not that's not one that, that that I can do so easily. I don't think. What does she do? What's something she says? Ah, um, yeah, she <laughs> says she shouts "Open fire!" at one point. Yeah, yeah, um, open fire. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I can't do any. I can't do a decent one. I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna really long that one off. I can't really uh, think of anything. Some there's gonna be people out there that can do a spot on Cara Dune impression. I'm not one of them, so I'm not gonna. Uh, she says, like, and, "Oh great, one X wing, we're saved." Oh yeah, she does say that. She goes, "Oh great, one X wing, we're saved." <laughs> You're you know. the new Cara Dune. I've heard. Maybe I should be the new Cara Dune. <laughs> Maybe well, I should. Uh, Me and my yeah, bang well, average I, I impressions. Like, dude, he wasn't far off. I like the character of Cara. Thanks, the mate. character I think is great. I'd like to see the character return. Uh, but Lukey Boy, that is I this week love impression. the actress as well. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, uh, I'm coming bothered. Yeah. Coming bothered. Yeah. Coming bothered to go he's, he's diving it's into the. Joke. I don't know. Um, execution. Uh, oh, you know what? I've got a bit of my drink left. Ooh. I've just had some a right. cold sip of tea but that is the game Luke Bly as usual having fun with the impressions crushing it as only Luke Bly can do he called Mon Mothma I don't know what a rebellion ginger or something along yeah, those lines a, uh, only Luke can get what, away with a, that a, a rebellious ginger nut something like that oh um, I'm only Luke my hand can get away with saying that uh, but that yeah. is going to be it then mate well done for your impressions my friend well done, everyone, for sticking through and enjoying episode 174 of wow. Star Wars Sessions. I'm going to say it every time wow. now. We're hurtling to 200, which just doesn't seem natural. But it that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions, everyone. But the fun doesn't end there. Like Luke said earlier, no one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can search for us on social media. Just search Star Wars Sessions on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and we will be there. Send us an email. We love emails. Hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. And don't forget about the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sessions. And if you want to support the show for free, you can do simply by leaving us a five-star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice, including Spotify. We see you out there. Five stars helps the show grow. It gets new listeners in. It bumps us up the algorithm. It's another way for us to hear from more of you guys each and every week. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats. Tell Rick McCallum, who loves the prequels. Tell your Ewok, tell your cousin, the more the merrier. <gasps> the castle spicier. Uh, tell your miscellaneous coloured head, Rebellion General, that this Ooh. is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time from me, see ya. And from Luke. May the force be with you. Always. <gasps> Luke! Luke! Ah, Moth Monma. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Kind of. It's different. It's like a remix of the same thing. So good. <laughs> Essex-based podcast heroes...
am a Jedi, like my father before me.